mean, guys remember when they were in jail? No, nope. in prison. I remember when I was in jail. <sighs> you don't remember? And he's like, Paul you remember the prep work. He was doing a year for contempt and he had this wonderful system for doing the garlic. He used a razor and he used to slice it so thin that it would liquefy in a pan with just a little oil. It was a very good system. All right. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Welcome to Cash Daddies. We're banking fatties, bro. We are banking fatties. All of us here. Raise your hand. If you're on the the Patreon, uh, you're killing it right now. You're killing it. Big week. We had a great week on the Patreon. Great week, man. Took a ton of profits on Friday. Uh, Market's down today. We're just chilling. We're just loading that gun again. And we're having a blast, too. I love going back and forth with these Patreon members. They bring unbelievable energy. And uh, we're on a roll right now in a down market. We're on a roll in a down market. Yeah, that's what for it's all sure. about. Guys, where are you going to be? You got any shows coming up? I'm with Sam Tripoli this Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Ohio, Columbus. Bang, bang, England, bang, Dayton. bang. We're going to get crazy in Ohio. I love Ohio, man. It's a fucking blue collar. I'm very excited as oh, well. We're going to go. We're going to go Columbus to Cleveland to Dayton. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, this is a new one. This forget. is the first time we've done dates before the intros. That's, that's a new yeah. one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, who's on this show again? Oh. Hey guys, uh, Howie, how you been? Good, what's brother. It, what's Good. It, what just happened? Because I always, once we get a show, I always forget dates. Always. Yeah. So yeah we got you the did dates the dates the before. You didn't thing. even inter- introduce anybody. Who's well, on the I show? I mean, like, I, I, we always forget the dates. So we don't have names anymore? So we anymore? just do them up front now. Please love the show. Howie doing? Hey guys, how are you? And on the ones and twos, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, yeah, the gnome is a love of Chris Neff. How are you, Chris? I'm great, man. Uh, Amazing weekend. Uh, Here's the thing. I am not trading anymore. All I'm doing is just uh, chasing Howie's picks. And I'm on a four-week win streak. Uh, Howie put me in plug uh, out 15% last week. That's good enough for me, man. Um, maybe I kind of average down on some, you stuff love I like. the plug. I love the plug. Um, <laughs> I think I just want to tell you about my weekend because we all had a nice Memorial day weekend. I saw you guys out having fun. I had my mom in town. Uh, we watched 14 hockey games and I have a little bit of a dilemma and I need your advice. I am a Rangers fan. Howie, we didn't shit the bed. Can you believe it? We're in. Oh, I, I was very surprised about last night. They, well, that, that team has heart right now. Here's my problem. A lot of you friends of the show know that my cousin Derek plays for the Oilers and they're in. Now, I have a dilemma that I think only you guys could answer as a lifelong Rangers fan. You know, we waited 50 years to win the cup in 94 and it's been a drought since then. If I see the Rangers, my team play the Oilers and my cousins on the team, who do I root for? 
Okay, I have. You're the gonna root for the Oilers because your favorite stock but, is. But blood. just so you know, it yeah. is it is not a cousin by blood. It's Correct. by marriage. Correct. Oh so, Jesus! So, so I would say uh, you should be happy with whoever wins. Right. I just got a leaning towards family, but see, that's my problem. I think you I just really want go. the Rangers to win, don't you? I do, but at the same time, how often do you get to know uh, a family member in a professional sport that Does has a chance? Does this guy know you to... exist on this earth? Howie, stop it. Every no, time I go to the game. question. Like, has he ever heard of your name? Every time we go to the game, he meets us outside and he gives us hugs and he tell, I talk about like the ice conditions and he talks about shit I don't understand because it's real technical. Yes, we are super fans. But it's it's my dilemma. I think I have to go family on this one because that's the most important thing. Um, well, here's what happens. If he wins, you're cool. If the Rangers win, you feel bad, but you feel happy that your team won. Yeah. So it's a win-win for you, bro. I think so, too. So uh, you guys had a nice so You're rush. just going to be popping champagne no matter who wins. Yeah, pretty much. But again, this starts tonight. Oilers uh, play the Avalanche game one. Rangers tomorrow. We have home field or home ice, Howie, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we've got, I think, I, I think the lightning are going to win because the Rangers will break our heart, but this is going to be an amazing, uh, conference finals for both sides. This is, Oh, you guys are only in the conference finals. You guys, yeah, usually you guys are neck and neck with the, with the NBA finals. No, no, no. I haven't watched a single basketball game because of this going good. on right now. Yeah. They've, well, been, nothing, yeah, they've been great. The NBA has been great. Nothing right. is beating hockey right now. So how, um, by the way, we do need to give a shout out because this is a comedy financial show. Is it? But we did lose a legend since the last show. And Ray Liotta did depart this earth. And man, you want to talk about one of the all time greats. Um, that's a real tough one for me. I don't know if it hurt you guys, but what a Not legend really. that guy was. I got over it in about 33 minutes. Well, in honor of Ray's passing, I am going to do an impression uh, from Goodfellas, if you don't mind. Mm, you mean, guys remember when they were in jail, nope. in prison? I remember when I was in jail. You don't remember? And he's like, Paul remember. did the prep work. He was doing a year for contempt, and he had this wonderful system for doing the garlic. He used a razor, and he used to slice it so thin that it would liquefy in a pan with just a little oil. It was a very good system. All right. Well, all right. Pretty you know good. what? I think Congratulations now. I've been working yeah. on it all weekend, right? Yeah, well, you know what? This is a financial podcast. Yeah. So well, sure, he that, did star in two of my favorite films of all time, Field of Dreams and Goodfellas. So rest right. in peace, Ray. Thank you for being cool. a great part. I remember watching Field of Dreams on acid crime when they started playing catch with the dad. Yeah, he's like, Dad, you want to have a catch? And you're like, sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to say this father. about Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams till this day. I've tried to watch it, oh. and it's got to be one of the three fucking dumbest movies. Um, <laughs> They're playing baseball in a fucking cornfield. I don't with people that don't exist. Okay. I never you know how the most magical movies of all time. Man, yes, magical. When you can make an invisible man come to fucking life <laughs> and, and he can hit a real ball and then all of a sudden just pop, put a fucking corn cob up his ass where you can't see him. Speaking I'd of say watching, that's pretty magical. Speaking of watching movies on acid, I watched The Deer Hunter on Shrooms and oh, it took God. Me 17, Why would you do 17 that? hours because it was fun. We it took us 17 hours to get through it because that's we a dark movie and you watch yeah, how you do it. Anyways, guys, anyway. how was your week? We had a great week, man. Patreon members, but going back and forth with them. I love how many Patreon out. members do we have now? 110. 
110. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I go down. Or I maybe 100. It's 100 or 110. I can't remember. Either um, way, it's pretty doing videos in front of the bull. It's crazy last week. Uh, I didn't have to tackle a homeless guy, but we did laugh because it's amazing watching these tourists who just line up for 100 yards to get their picture taken with the bull's balls. It's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing yeah. in the yeah. world. Wait, Howie, is the line at the, is the back end longer than the line at the front? To get, so. Oh, <laughs> there is no line in the front. You can just <laughs> jump in the front. The line in the back, like, people get pissed. Like, I just go up because, you know, they don't, none of them speak English. I just go up and, you know, I'll take any picture I want. Just, hey, thanks, guys. See you later. And they're like, no, no. You got to get in line to get a picture with the two balls, those How balls. How weird is that? Like, those balls just, must have just every disease. Just like okay, them. okay. It's weird. Okay. It's just weird. weird it's financial podcast. All right, should we podcast. should we get to the week that was? Because we got a yeah. lot going on. Yeah, let's uh, turn and, I, and, I, and I want to get some of how. Yeah, let's opinions. let's 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 start literally. Let's start with what the fuck is going on? You know, last week we got a question and. The question was about Exxon. Is it, you know, was it all time high last week at 85? And we said we were talking about this and Sam agreed. He said oil's going higher. And I said, don't sell it. It's just breaking out. That thing hit 93 today. Went from 85 to 93 in a week. It's right around 90. XLE, which we started pushing at 35. It's at hit 90 today. Uh, OIH all-time highs oil and energy is just absolutely popping man but let's popping. let's back out and look at the the macro here we've got opec rumored to exempt russia pave, yes. paving the way for increased production and then we have the eu ban that's ramping up as well so how is this going to affect prices on oil and trust me you are right I know readers out there that are like, I am up so big on OIH. What do I do? And I think you've told everybody to just put yeah. a tra trailing stop loss on them. Yeah, yeah. I've talked to everybody about, you know, 15% below. Put your GTCs in, good till canceled. It'll last yeah. what, 60, 90 days. We can reevaluate come August, September. But yeah, don't sell it. Let it but, keep running. And it is. What, Every week it runs. But what are we going to see with the EU ban and OPEC now? How's it going to affect it? I think you saw that at uh, around 3.30 today when it was announced, or 3 o'clock. You know, we had a huge run up this morning. It came back a little, but then finished strong. Um, there's, too many, there's too many factors out there right now uh, with these OPEC countries. And there's just too much momentum with oil and energy continuing to go up. So uh, I think we may see another 20, 25% run in it to the well, upside. And we got to talk about PBR here because a lot of our readers in PBR plays, has a huge dividend state sponsored oil uh, company by Brazil, but they're talk about, there's talk that they're going to possibly split it up and privatize it. So is this a good time to be playing PBR with this information? I don't, that's, I, I thought it was a great buy like four or five months ago and it had a nice run. I wouldn't have too much into it because you say state owned and who's that state fucking Brazil. Yep. I mean, I, I would not put a lot of faith in anything that Brazil does. If you're going to play the, if you want to play the, uh, the oil by OIH, you get 10 of them. If two of them shit the bed, you're still in the money. It's safer. Right. Okay, let's keep going with the uh, news. Uh, Citigroup uh, downgraded its price target on DraftKings. A lot of our readers are holding it. Do we average down or do we finally just take a loss on this? What are your thoughts, guys? 
I, I mean, if you're going to buy it, you got to buy it here. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's where is it? 12, 13. Yeah. And, and we got into it at 43. Yeah. We're going to make it, bro. We're going to make it. <laughs> that was my, 13, I think that's one of the first. That was one of the first uh, texts I ever got from Chris, actually, was uh, him. to Hey, dude, you want to get in on this DraftKings? Believe me, brother. It's a long term play. And now it it's at what? Is well, it guess what? Bucks? Now it's a longer term play. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I just hope I live to see the end of this play. My God, don't put too much into it. But I mean, yeah, I would buy a few shares if you're going to buy. I mean, I think it's an 18, 20, 23 dollar stock right now. I mean, I took a tax loss on it last year. Um, Stop bragging. Um, no, but that's one. The, the other thing is crazy, too. Here's another thing. We talk about commodities. You talk about gold, uh, silver. These things have been down this week. But the one that really blew my mind is you guys remember six months ago when Lumber costs were hitting an all-time high. And they're like, we're never going to build another house. You can't afford lumber. Lumber is down 36% this month. This month. So that goes to tell you about commodities. When you're, when, you're, when you're delving in commodities, such as I don't care if it's cotton, soybeans, lumber, uh, these things are volatile, man. What goes up goes down, and it goes yeah. down quickly. Yeah, you know what? Perfect time to bring this up because we had a reader ask that question today. Uh, NFT Machine 444 says, is anyone going long on wheat, corn, soybeans, or any commodities considering we are going into planned food shortages from the World Economic Forum? What's your yeah, thought? Yeah, that shit has been, that's still valued in. Look, when you deal with commodities, you're buying, you're going long on uh, soybeans and corn and shit four months before that news comes out that there's a shortage. Right. Um, you're you're literally selling stuff when you think we're going to have a few more hurricanes than usual. Uh, that's how volatile and crazy that is. So you have no idea. If you don't mind, I'd like to bring Johnny in because this is a trending topic. Uh, AMC's popping on this news of Top Gun 2. I know Johnny's seen it like three times. Uh, Paramount might be in play as well. Are these things to look at or is this what are your thoughts? I, I never believe that you should judge any of those entertainment companies based on one hit, you know, now if this yeah, is I mean, part AMC of a trend, didn't pop. A- AMC actually dropped with, when Oh no, it, 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 yesterday it was up. It was up pretty good. I don't know where it's at now, but yesterday well, it was up pretty good. I mean, Friday. Yeah. Friday. I mean, yeah. Friday. Sorry. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause hold on. Today it went from, it started, it opened at 16 and it closed at 1433. Oh no. On the week though, it's up like uh 37%. So oh, like it, over the, yeah, it's no, it's All doing, right. a, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, now, if you if you thought this was part of a trend with like Doctor Strange and you start to line up these tent poles that you can see coming down the down the road, maybe. But I no, I, I don't I don't I, I don't think I heard so. you guys talking about Doctor Strange on another podcast. What is that? Is that a movie? No, it's a, it's a Hollywood. Uh, I mean, it's a Broadway show. It's like a musical. OK, gotcha. <gasps> Huh? It's a movie, dude. It's a Marvel comic movie. Oh, it's a Marvel movie. Okay. So yeah. um, let's switch to crypto real quick. Uh, obviously, we had the collapse of Luna uh, and Doquan came out. And uh, I guess <laughs> Doqu- I love that name, dude. <laughs> yeah. well, th- by the way, the funniest line I heard was uh, Bernie Madoff uh, swindles 60 billion, goes yeah. to jail. Uh, Doquan. Uh, swindles 60 billion starts Luna 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> that is crazy though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's in Korea. What crazy. are you going to do? So here's the thing. Luna 2.0, uh, 
uh pot i think it came out at like 18 bucks and it's like eight dollars right now people are like just put 100 bucks in see what happens uh my recommendation is stay as far away as possible can you explain to me the dynamics of that because i don't i don't quite understand how it comes no out one does. at that price and no then one does. no is that, is that true and you can't track it. That's the biggest problem. They say you can't track it. Like people are trying to sell it and it's not even close to being the price where they're trying to sell it at. I've got the chart oh, wow. up. So it, it, it comes out a week, not even a week ago on 528 and it's at $19. Okay. Same day, it drops all the way to $4.27. Then it's been trading in the mid fives. It had a little pop to 11 yesterday and now it's trading at eight bucks. So Woo. Um, I just, I mean, I, I don't want to get involved. It's Doquan. Um, this is the fool me once, fool me twice scenario. I the just, big thing I'll say about crypto right now is listen, man, Bitcoin got down to 26, 27. It's back up to 32, man. I mean, you have, and that's just not, that's not retail people. That's large funds investing and in buying that shit when it's down. I mean, Bitcoin is getting more legit by the day when all these other shit coins, Polygon, whatever the fuck, just keep dropping and they're low. Bitcoin is steady and Bitcoin stays up. It's a let, fact. Let me counter that because Morgan Stanley uh, came out and uh, they were speaking on this subject exactly. And I want to read something to you. Uh, after 30 billion of venture capital flowed into crypto blockchain companies in 2021, Morgan Stanley strategists expect a dramatic fall off by the end of the year, in part because the era of easy money is over. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, are but are they talking about Bitcoin specifically? Uh, they're talking about Bitcoin specifically. But their theory is all of the big money on Wall Street is pull, is pulling out because they don't see uh, a, a way to make the money. They think that the money's already made itself. I don't know. I mean, that could be a I mean, that's a theory. But my whole thing is it thing got down to 27, 28. And when other things didn't bounce, Bitcoin did bounce. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's back up to 32. It's looking as far as an alternative investment. And that's all it is. Bitcoin, Ethereum, that's an alternative investment. Um, but it is, it's getting a little bit more legitimate, legitimatized. I can't fucking say that word. Yeah. It's getting Welcome those to Sam Tripoli show. Huh. Yeah. Those people yeah. saying that Chris though, are clearly people that don't believe in the model, right? Let me just read this to be a little bit more clear. This is from Morgan Stanley. Yeah. Say, Make sure they're talking about Bitcoin and not crypto. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, let me just read what they say here. Uh, blockchain, crypto venture capital poised to sink as much as 50%, Morgan Stanley says. So they say rising cryptocurrency prices and ample US dollar liquidity triggered re record venture capital investment in 2021. Strategist wrote in a note to clients dated Tuesday, blockchain and crypto projects raised 30 billion across 1,800 different deals in 2021, 160% above the average of prior years and 7% of all VC investment globally. So I agree with what they're saying, but Chris, they're basically saying that that shit's not going to happen anymore. And correct. I agree, correct. I agree say, with that, but they're not talking about Bitcoin specifically. Well, you have to assume they need to be, to, to, to be talking about Bitcoin or Ethereum. Uh, I don't think so. I think they're talking about a lot of other smaller projects that are- Well, let me, let me continue. Let me finish this because this will wrap it up and I think answer your question. <laughs> to continue, they say, we think that 
it is all going to change. The number of VC crypto investment deal peaked in 2021. And if it matches prior performance of other sectors, it could fall as much as 50% into the end of the year. So I totally sounds- agree with that, but they're not talking about Bitcoin, man. <laughs> But they're not talking about DeFi either, because then they they go on and say, and as investors search for the next big thing in crypto and, and DeFi, some crypto assets soared more than 10,000% in a year. Across a number of sectors, private companies were getting values at levels similar to large public yeah. companies and approaching unicorn type values. We'll see what happens. But I think, I mean, I'm just, the numbers don't lie. I mean, all these, most of these other cryptocurrency are dropping. And Bitcoin is going up. So I, I just I think we, like all the guys we have on the show that seem to know a little bit about investing, where are you going to put your money? Put your money in Ethereum and Bitcoin. And that's it. So if you're going yeah. to invest in crypto, I just it sounds to me like they're not bullish on a huge return on Bitcoin or Ethereum or any DeFi projects. This I don't think anybody's anybody's want, is thinking they're going to be a huge return. But if Bitcoin gets back to 45 or 50, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I just, I like to flash back to this time a year ago when it was 68,000. Well, you had these people was- like Kathy Wood coming out saying, this is going to be 150,000 by the end of the year. And obviously it didn't happen. So I'll tell you another thing we got to talk. No, let's think about this one. You look I, here. I'm just going to say this real quick. They, they want to run everybody out of Bitcoin and they want to buy up all the Bitcoin. That's my personal opinion. Hey, that is a possibility. And even though you say a lot of crazy shit, that that one right there, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that is Wall Street, baby. Wall Street likes to buy things low and sell things high. Run them out, buy it all up. That, that would not surprise me one bit if gold. Especially made- as we start to hurl towards the last Bitcoins being made. You know, I Listen, think we got two million left. I mean, if you don't think that the analysts for these large firms in the past haven't downgraded stocks and shit on them because they themselves knew that they had a good structure in place and they wanted to buy them, you're out of your mind because that is Wall Street. That's what they do. Um, So that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, How about, you know, they were talking today, and this is interesting. You talk about the biggest stocks that people buy, especially large cap tech. Uh, stocks like Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, they're all down between 20 and 40%. Meanwhile, old crusty fuck Warren Buffett, they're all down 35, 40% for the year. He's up two and a half percent on his Berkshire Hathaway. I mean, you call it what it is. I don't know what kind of inside info this guy has. I think he does have some, um, but everything this fucking guy buys, he started buying Exxon and Chevron six months ago. That's just just about doubled, man. This guy's up and everything else is down. You, you got to watch that old bastard. He's a sly fox. Don't forget about his sidekick, Charlie Munger. Those guys or as I like to call him, Darth Vader without his mask on. If I you love add that. both their ages, <laughs> where were they where were they born? Right around when uh, the British <laughs> invaded fucking Massachusetts? That's so funny. Don't forget about his sidekick. <laughs> Who was this LA confidential? Jesus fucking Christ. Don't um, forget about his sidekick. All right, let's get let's, into the gas. Let's do it. Around the world, tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors. Our crowd analyzes companies across the global private market, selects those with the greatest growth potential, then brings them to you. 
from personalized medicine to cybersecurity and robotics to quantum computing and more. In state-of-the-art labs, startup garages, and anywhere in between, our crowd is identifying innovators so you can invest when growth potential is greatest, early. Our crowd's accredited investors have already invested more than $1 billion in growing tech companies, and many of their members have benefited from the 46 IPOs or sale exits of their investments. Now you can truly diversify your portfolio by investing early in innovative private market companies at our crowd. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community at ourcrowd.com cash. That's O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash cash. All right, let's get into it. I'm very excited to have this next gentleman on. He's a very good friend of mine, very important person in my life, and I'm glad he could come on and uh, join us on our little show. Uh, man, he's got a lot of stuff going on. He, he took me to Dodger Stadium. Johnny didn't want to go, and he was a big baby, and he missed out on one of the best experiences ever. What, you good- eating five hot dogs in the all-you-can-eat section? Yes, exactly. Go indeed. Please welcome to the show. Bennett Heems, how are you, buddy? What's up, everybody? Excited to be here. Thank you. Bennett, thanks for joining me, man. It means a lot to me. You and I are, uh, are friends uh, through some other stuff, and it's cool that our two worlds can collide. And I'm very happy that you're here and you're doing some amazing stuff. Uh, so, you, you know, when we were at the Dodger game, you were kind of telling me about this exciting new project you're working on, and I thought it'd be great for uh cash daddy so why don't you uh dive into it and we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen thanks sam uh so what i wanted to uh, just bring to the table is this thing called equity crowdfunding and um it brings some light to this as an investment for some of your listeners i know uh crypto is primarily what people are focused in on but if you're looking for some other uh interesting verticals that you can explore to put some money behind some startups that are creating revenue and some value equity crowdfunding might be uh, the thing to take a look at. So um, really, it's a newer investment class that's come around. Um, In 2012, uh, Obama signed some documents. It's called the Jobs Act, but it wasn't until 2016 that equity crowdfunding really came into play. And that means that non-accredited investors, meaning that you've got um, less than $250,000, it really opens up uh, the ability for regular investor to participate in early stage businesses. And uh, that's what equity crowdfunding is. There's a number of platforms that are out there like MicroVentures or Equity B or King's uh, Crowd. So it, it's a really interesting world, but I don't think the average investor knows how it works or how they can get involved in it. What? It, where do we begin with this? Like if we wanted to start, like, if you, can you give us some examples of maybe what you've been doing so we could like, figure out maybe if our our yeah. listeners, the readers might be interested in joining your platform. Yeah. So, so first it's, you know, like what is the concept, right? So when you're a, when you're a startup or when you're a co-founder of a business, like how do you get that business off the ground? Right. You're probably using credit cards or you're, you know, taking out loans against your home, you're pulling your savings, you're hoping your wife uh, has a good job. So you can have healthcare through her. So you can focus all your time on the business, but at some point, money runs out and you're like, well, I got to get outside capital, right? So many times we think, okay, you've got to go to VCs. You got to go to some angel investors. Uh, so, so that's kind of the, the framework of a startup that's trying to think like, where do we get money? And what equity crowdfunding does is it allows the investor or the startup business to raise money 
uh, through the crowd. And there's two different types that you might be familiar with. There's like Kickstarter, which is a rewards crowdfunding. And then there is equity crowdfunding, which is more of like a loan that the investor is giving to the business for promise of capital or equity within the business at a future date. So if you, for example, looked at a big, uh, a big uh, Kickstarter program, which would have been like Oculus, right? Like early days, you're Kickstarting, you're putting money into Oculus, you got your VR headset. Well, Oculus got purchased for what? A couple, like a billion dollars or something. You didn't get a piece of that. You just got your little headset. So that is the rewards crowdfunding versus an equity crowdfunding where you're putting out some money, investing in the business, and you're actually going to get a piece of that business down the line once they convert to shares or go public. Is that you guys do you guys do all of the uh, uh, or do you hire a firm that does all the Reg A, Reg D requirements and all that for that? Yeah, exactly. So in 2016, with uh, kind of the SEC came out with the framework for Reg CF, and that's that's really the framework that exists. So all the the platforms that these startups are using. Um, they do the due diligence on the company. So we've got to provide your financials, the background, uh, the investment thesis, uh, like all, all the things that, uh, because this platform really is becoming an investment bank. They're holding the shares, they're holding the investor money and giving that to these companies. So a good one, and I'll, I'll give them a plug. It's not, they, I have no affiliation other than they approved us and we are on their platform, but it's Micro Ventures as a, a great platform to check out. There's like seven or eight companies that are currently going through a capital raise on that platform right now. Um, so you can check out those companies and decide if you want to invest. And the, the nice thing about equity crowdfunding is the investment can go down to as little as a hundred dollars. Yeah. So if you just wanted to make some, some moonshot bets on random little startups that you find interesting, it's not like you got to fork out 25 grand just to get a piece of the pie. I love this. I Let me ask you this idea. Let me ask you this. What what does your company differentiate or how does it differentiate itself from like GoFundMe, StartEngine, you know, Indiegogo, you know, they're the, not the even names. the same thing. It's not a GoFundMe. This is an ex they gotta fill out reg D's, reg A's. This is a legitimate investment. Right. I guess what I'm saying is how do you enter a crowded market and differentiate yourself from the the, the platforms that we know about? So, so the platforms for equity crowdfunding, um, those are really the investment banks that you should think about. So that would be like MicroVentures, King's Crowd, um, Equity B. Uh, there's probably three or four other bigger ones that are in the market. I, I'm a co-founder of a business. We just selected the one that we had a relationship with through a law firm. So, you know, they had a relationship with an accelerator that my firm was, you know, coming out of. And they said, hey, we'll, we'll back you if you go into this platform. So that's how we got into microventures, but we still had to go through due diligence, show the financials, show the projections. So they're still in the, in the filings too. I mean, this is a reg CF, so there is a document that's filed with the SEC. So it's not like you can have, you know, Johnny's dog walkers and you're trying to raise a million dollars, like not going to, not going to fly. Um, so my business is a SaaS business or a technology business. We needed to raise capital. We're a little bit unique in that when we were going to the, the VCs and trying to get Funds, there's a couple knockouts that we had uh, a couple knockouts being like, I'm not full time in the tech startup. We still have bills to pay. Like I can't afford to leave a full time job. So I'm technically what you call like a moonlighter, right? Moonlighting as a full time employee. And at night I'm all in on my startup business. So there are a couple interesting things that I've learned about VCs that just like knock you out immediately on angel rounds. Um, and, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Dude, about like, That's super interesting. 
Well, and a lot of a lot of the businesses you're talking about, because I know I tossed a few dollars in this a few years ago, but uh, a lot of them already have millions of dollars of sales and they're doing this crowdfunding just to expand, uh, you know, buy better facilities, hire more people, that kind of thing. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the, when I got pitched this a few years ago, and I think it's great because you know, it, is it riskier? Probably. I mean, but it's nothing wrong with throwing a few bucks in it because, hey, if the company pans out and they end up having a solid IPO, you're going to get paid and it's passive income. It's residual income that you're going to have as long as that company is around. But the closest thing I can say, I can tell the readers what it is, is, you know, for 150 years, if you wanted to buy a, a thoroughbred, you had to be a millionaire. You know, you could not go buy a yearling. You couldn't afford stable fees by a trainer unless you had millions. And then about 20 years ago, somebody got the brilliant idea to say, hey, let's start a syndicate. In other words, let's give everybody a share of this racehorse. And guys with two, three hundred bucks could get a share of it. Uh, and, you know, what happened, what, 10, 15, 20, I think it was 15 years ago, that horse funny side had like 15 different owners and uh, almost won the Triple Crown, won the Kentucky Derby, and they all made money. So it's kind of like that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Very similar to the ability of breaking up and giving shares to the regular investor. When it came to startups, though, you know, startups really prevented it, prevented from going to non-accredited investors up until 2012 when this happened. So previously, if you were a startup business that was looking for capital and you had to extend beyond your friends and family, you had to go to accredited investors, which means that they have to have 250,000. They're probably a part of like an angel group or something along those lines. And most VCs, they will not lead rounds of early stage companies. So if you're, if you're trying to build your business and get to a point where you've got a minimum viable product in the market, or you've got some sort of revenue, um, where you're trying to build a team and pay an engineer in India, like you need some working capital to get to that point. And sure. equity crowdfunding is really comes down to like four things. It's like, it's, it's very straightforward and simple. It's very flexible for the founders and for the investors. There's an incentive in both parties. So you're giving the startup some capital and they're going to give you equity in their business at a future date. And there is protection to the investor in the event of an early exit or if uh, there's a next round, right? And those are really interesting things for our investors of the people. And we've got about 100,000 that we've raised in micro ventures for my firm or for my platform or for my business, I should say. And it's, it's interesting when you start throwing out valuation caps and discount rates. So when we do have the next raise, like how our investors at this point are actually going to be treated. Question for you. Do you have any platform fees or are there any third party, you know, payment processing fees for this? Yes. So, so each one of the platforms like MicroVentures and, and those ones that we talked about, they do have their types of fees that are built into it. So when we raise money as a startup, I believe it's 5% that goes to the platform. Now they're doing a lot on the back end for us. They're keeping our cap table clean because all of the investors, whether you're putting in a hundred thousand or 10,000, all of that information is being stored and it comes onto my cap table as the startup company, as just the crowd note, one note, as opposed to you know, with the people in this room, I'd have like four different people that I have to keep track of as an investor, send out my investor updates. So I, I literally just provide the platform with what's our investor update and it goes to all the registered investors for us. So there is some service that they're providing and they get their 5% on it. Okay. Well, that's fair. I'm just, I just wanted to get an idea of, you know, uh, what the number was. 
So here's the here's the question all the readers want to know. You did a great job just going over crowdfunding, and that's something that I think is going to be around forever because, uh, like, it, it, it does allow the average person, the middle-class person, to get on the ground floor of something, even though it may be riskier. Who knows? Like we said, if it hits, it hits. So with this being said, what do you do? What's your company do? I want to hear it. Sure. Uh, so, so block forms, we're a staff business in the uh, insure tech space, and we're a document and form management company. Basically, we simplify the processing of forms, and our website is uh, blockforms.co. Uh, the, the easiest way to think about this is when you have to full, like, fill out multiple documents with the same information, our system will automate that. And where we're finding traction is within insurance and real estate, and we are simplifying the onboarding process for customers within that. Wow. So, wow. So basically you sit down with it, you're buying a house, you're selling a house, you sit down with the attorney, you're doing all the quick and you have uh, three feet of paperwork. And so yes. what you guys do are basically you take care of that hour and a half that it takes to fill out all those and get it done quicker. Exactly. Wow. Yep. That's something I never would have thought of. That is interesting. <laughs> it, it is. It, it's funny because it's not sexy. You know, form processing is uh, really time-consuming work, and in the verticals that we're in, that is, uh, it's it's just busy work, and usually it's done by very well-paid people, and it's a pain point. So we're just trying to make work a little less less shitty. So how do you compete with the likes of DocuSign? Yep. So DocuSign is. Uh, so we built in our own doc DocuSign. Uh, signature, right? Because all these forms will need a signature. DocuSign allows you to create a template, but it doesn't um, It doesn't allow you to upload a document and smart read it. So we have an AI tool where you upload the, the document and we automatically will classify it into a template for you. So we can save time on both building the template and then assigning the data that goes into the actual form. Interesting. So, so take it's, us to your website because it's super interesting. And I know if you're somebody who just showed up, you might not know where to start and how to do it. Sure. So, uh, yeah, our website, blockforms.co, and uh, I'm just going to go there, too, so we can uh, kind of share as we're going through it. Um, you know, our, our tagline, take the work out of paperwork, but it really comes down to how can we simplify forms and you got to think about what a form is. Forms are everywhere, and forms are a way for us to collect information that eventually is going to go into a contract. Once once that information has been uh, gathered, so you can clear out that microventures thing, once the information has been gathered in the form, the form is irrelevant. It just has to be kept in on file somewhere. So uh, what we're doing is really simplifying that form experience. So uh, in the insurance business, which is what our website is geared for, because that's our that's where we have our minimum product. We've got our first customers in the insurance world. Uh, you have a lot of insurance carrier forms. So why not be able to select from a library of those forms and ask your customer only one question and have that answer populate all the forms. So that's what our business was. Uh, that's how we started. And we started the insurance because that was my background. I've been in the insurance world for about 16 years on the uh, sides of the insurance company as a broker and a consultant. I just found uh when, when you find in your daily, daily life work that you don't like to do, but you have to do it, that's usually a good place to look for a startup company, a way to make work a little bit easier. Makes sense. Yeah, that's you have a that's a fine niche, man. What you're talking about, that is a fine niche, but it's something every company in the world would probably want to learn more about. 
So, so this website it's, it's, is where I can find different companies to invest in. So, so if you go to microventures.com, microventures has uh, a lot of the other uh, companies that are going through an equity crowdfunding raise right now. So microventures is an investment platform that we applied to and we were accepted to go and, um, uh, oh, okay. and do our raise through them. So the other one, like uh, King's Crowd, that's another equity crowdfunding platform yep. that you can check out. Um, they do a really good job of taking a look at the different portfolio companies and uh, vetting them, making it available. And again, we went to MicroVentures just because of uh, the relationship that they had with an accelerator that our firm was accepted into. And basically, we invest, you guys send us a prospectus, and we sit back and see what, and hopefully it pans out. Yeah, along those lines. So one thing I want to walk through with you guys is understanding what a crowd note is, because that's the vehicle that the, this money like goes through. So if you found a business on MicroVentures and you're like, oh, I really like this pet food company, or I really like this block form company, and you want to invest, let's say, $1,000 into that, how does that investment translate down the line into money in your pocket? Yeah. So it goes through what's called a crowd note. And a crowd note is a loan that you are making as the investor to the startup. Now, it's the loan that doesn't have interest and it doesn't have a maturity date. So it's not like a five-year loan at 10% interest that people are probably familiar with, right? Or like your mortgage. What it does have is it has a conversion terms or what I would call a maturity event. So if the company goes through an equity financing round, like a seed round or a series A, that would be when your dollar loan converts to shares of the company. <laughs> Or if the company goes public via an IPO, that would be a conversion event where your $1,000 get converted into shares of the company. So that's the first structure to understand. The second structure is how is the valuation determined at that time? The reason these platforms exist is that early stage startups really struggle with what's the valuation. I couldn't tell you what the valuation is of my company right now because we only have a handful of massive customers, but we're still gaining traction. We're still building out products. So valuation is a hard thing when you're an early stage company. So what you do is you protect the investor by giving them a discount rate and a valuation cap. So discount rate means that when that conversion event happens, so when the company goes public or goes through another series A, whatever the valuation is at that time, let's say it's $2 million, you're going to get a 25% discount to the valuation rate. And that share price is what your thousand dollars gets converted to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. The, the second thing is a valuation cap. So we have two in our, our raise. The one is a discount of 25% um, or a valuation cap of 2 million. So that means that your thousand dollars goes in. If we go through the IPO or a series A down the line, your investment gets capped at $2 million. So let's say we raise an $8 million you know, raise at that point, that's our valuation, you're getting the share price at $2 million. You're getting more for your money at that point. So that is kind of how these, that's how a crowd note is structured. It's a loan with no interest and no maturity date, but it has maturity events. And at the event, you either have the discount rate or the valuation cap for the investor. Yeah, absolutely. I love it, dude. I love this. Is there any... Uh, have you done any investing in your on your own in any other companies? Man, I've I've put 
a lot of money into my own company. So I'm focused here solely at, at this point. Um, but we've had a number of other businesses that I'm familiar with in the Santa Monica area that uh, were part of our accelerator. Uh, the accelerator is called the Pre-Cellerator. It's out of the law firm Stubbs, um, Alderton, and Markleys. Uh, so they, they've had a number that have gone through that um, that have done really well. And so, you know, I know it, I know it works out. It's, it's a strong move for the investors and strong for the startup companies. And just gives us more opportunity than having to go to mom, having to go to a VC and give up like 50% of your company and have them writing your board of directors. So that's, that's how equity crowdfunding works. And I hope you guys uh, find some value in that. Yeah, no, I love that, dude. I love this. Give us some names that have gone public. Uh, I think Peloton was one of the ones I know. I don't know if it was Indiegogo they started, but there are some big names out there that have gone this route. Could you could you bring up a few if you know of any? Um, yeah, I know like uh, Slack, Airbnb. They all they all had some early equity crowdfunding, you know, f- starts. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to go like all the way back to the history of like equity crowdfunding or crowdfunding in general, actually was like a, a um, a rock band that was basically trying to fund their next concert. And they had all their, you know, their fans, they contributed to the concert. And that was how it started. It was like in 1997 in the UK. And it wasn't really until this started coming in to the U S of like, how can we open up more money into startups? Because going through accredited investors can only go so far. So um, that's that's why a lot of the tech companies now have a little bit of equity crowdfunding that has happened. It's also a really, uh, it's a really efficient way to do a friends and family round. Yeah. Well, I think your market is uh, about to pop because the SPAC market is going to get cracked down on. I don't know if you heard, but Elizabeth Warren, she's got some bills she's introducing to basically try and shut these SPACs down. So I think you're, yep. you're in the right time and the right place to succeed. So uh, I, I wish no, you the best you. and we'll definitely check out uh, more. I love it, website. dude. I want to, I'm going to, I want to put, we should put our show on here, dude. Why not? Why not yeah. try to get hey. some people to invest in this show? <laughs> Why not? You absolutely can. You know, with, with this member, you're just going through, through them. They're going to do the due diligence. They've got to take a look at this and there's some filings that go into the government. I mean, it is a very official process, but um, I strongly recommend it if you're looking to raise some capital and uh, give up a little bit of equity for it. So Bennett, we got this crazy market. What do you like out there? What are you looking, what are you investing in? Oh man, this, this has been such an interesting shitstorm. We we had a great conversation with a a private equity guy who's just been shorting the S and P for the last four years. And um, we're like, what, how are you, how are you even thinking that? And um, he's just like this, the market doesn't make sense. It's not rational too much funny money is in the business. Um, and he's like, it's going to pay off for me one of these days. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I have the balls to go against it, but I he's thought that was hey, let, well, we'll, we'll let you, we'll let you ask one of our reader questions. So we got a guy that wants to uh, put a, a put on the S and P at three ninety nine uh month out S and P's currently at our SPY is currently at four twelve. You like the play or no? I, I don't, I don't personally, but I know my, my good friend, he would take that all day. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't, I don't even know what that means. And I, of course you don't. And we're going to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Are you getting into any crypto? 
Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I bought some shib a while ago, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you got I it at like point point zero 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 nine cents. Okay, guys, Wait, I was get that you, it. I'm the worst person ever. <laughs> that was you, huh? I'm <laughs> the worst. He ever. got me. He got me too. He got me too. I did. No, yeah. I did not yeah. get you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, well, dude, it was up. You should have sold. So should have you. So should have you. You're a hodler, dog. Yeah, I. I think with crypto, I mean, you, it, it really has to have some sort of intrinsic value and look at which ones do have that. I probably am just going to lean towards the Bitcoin and the Ethereums and just stay Good in that lane as opposed to start playing with the funny, the funny coins, even though I love the monkeypox, but I'm still waiting on those burns, dog. That's all I'm saying. Why aren't those burns coming, dude? I don't know why. I guarantee you someone told him you can't fucking do it. The streets were talking. The streets were talking. <laughs> The hey, is chatter talking. still around? Shut up! Uh, just a quick FYI, I'll give you the, the three biggest gainers in the crypto alt shit sphere. You've got Burn to Earn up 680%. All right. You've got yeah. Meta Cyber up 783%. And you got Extra Fund up 403%. Those are in the last That means they went hours. from $10 to $88 and some fucking guy in West Virginia owns uh, all of it. Oh, Sam, here's one for you. The Realm Defenders up 284% in the last 24 hours. That's up your alley. It's the there realm. we go. The I realm. like that. I like that a lot. Mm. Okay, guys, have your fun with me when I'm a fucking, when I'm a freaking shitcoin billionaire. You'll see who's laughing. I'm fucking going to make I'm, I do. I'm telling you, it's going to turn around. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. Okay. Are you getting in any real estate right now, Bennett? I, I think real estate is definitely a, a good class to be in multifamily. If you can get into some, there's some crowdfunding that's going on in real estate too. So that's an interesting vertical that's opening up. Um, a, a lot of the, the, Single family home rentals, is, that's an interesting business, like the new construction going into certain communities and being able to rent those homes out. I mean, it's crazy to see what's going on in Atlanta and uh, different markets around the country, but I've got some eyes on that. And, you know, if there's more opportunities to get in, I just, you know, don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to plug into it. But if the, if the REITs open up and if the, like the crowdfunding of the real estate can open up, I'd love to get in on that. Well, in the interim, keep betting on yourself because it sounds like that's what you're doing and that's what we're all about around here. So best of luck to you. Ben, thanks for coming on. Thanks, this is great. I'm going to well, I'm no, gonna look into this. I do a lot of stuff on Star Engine. You might not know this, but I am a part owner yeah. of Thriving Football League that's killing it. And uh, the San Bernardino Sidewinders. Did you see their game last week? Dude, no <laughs> way. Wow, that was the barn burner, buddy. Listen, bro. No pads, no helmets. That's the future. No Wait, fans. Did that league even fucking start yet? Yeah, I think it, it folded. Fold. I think no, it, it folded, didn't fold. didn't it? It didn't fold. It, it started and great. folded on the same day, actually. It they, didn't start and it they didn't did, They fold. just didn't come out for halftime. That was it. It was over. Uh, the barn store, uh, the Barstow bench warmers, I think, are. Johnny, look up pick. A7FL, please. Look it up. Watch how we're thriving. A7FL. Let me see if their website's still up. Hold on. I liked it because it's no no pads, correct? They just yeah. drill yeah. each other. Yeah. 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 Hold so on. how is it different than Look. like sevens rugby, man? Like, did you ever get into rugby? 
No, I would. I I I want to find the next Wait UFC. According to I Vegas, I think wow. Vegas has the Rancho Cucamonga Ramblers. <laughs> Dude, they're in the playoffs. Like, they they're are already in the playoffs. Exactly. How did we miss that? How did we? Damn, miss are that? you? Which team's yours? All of them, because I bought part of the league. Oh, bro. you I own the league? all of them. Are you yeah. going to the? Are you going to uh, any of these playoffs? Look, it doesn't that. even know where they're at. Yeah, Howie. I do. Shut up. Shut uh, up. So okay. is this out in Temecula? Are we are we making a road trip? Florida. Dude, I like I like rare rare breed all day. Rare breed's gonna win that thing. That's just a team <laughs> called Bic. What does yeah. that mean? They're just there are just a bunch of razor blades on the sidelines just jumping up and down. That's my team, Bic. Yeah. There's it's a university. Like Wait, there's a school in here, Patterson U. <laughs> What's yeah, oh, dude, <laughs> just got a random kind of crazy that, that that's that a college that went Listen, all you got is that force is in the play uh, playing game and nobody wants to see them in the playoffs. hey if I'm the if the right hammett hit squad gets the their uh, center in shape they're gonna make the final four wait that's they have I'm an indian tribe and a school in here the <laughs> yeah. snow yeah, tribe dude. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Patterson U is just 12 eighth graders on the team because they had to fill a spot. It's no holds barred. Well, I did this. I, I, I raised the money for this. I've I've been very proud of my my league. That and, you know uh, nothing about. I, I know a lot about what if it. have you ever watched a game? What if it's just this game. website that they made for Sam to make you think <laughs> <laughs> that the league That's was running? Nice one, man, A seven FL. All right, Ben. Thank you so much for coming out. Bennett. Um, uh, thanks, guys. Any websites it. you got that you want to promote again? Yeah, check out uh, microventures.com. Uh, I think that's a, a great platform to look at equity crowdfunding. Uh, you can check out my business, which is blockforms.co. And then um, if you find me on LinkedIn or you can find me on Instagram at behemes, B-H-E-A-M-E-S. Thank you guys for your time. It's awesome. Ben, Thanks, I ben, love man. you, buddy. I love you very much. Thanks for cool. coming on. Yeah. You're the best. And uh, man, I'm excited about the possibilities, but we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're back, man. That was great. Um, I don't know a whole lot about crowdfunding in general. So I was, uh, I, I definitely got learned up on that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I tossed some cash in one a few years ago. I don't, I don't know. It was like, uh, I don't know what the hell it was. Some veterinarian. I don't think it's going to make it. Well, and just so our, our listeners are, and readers are clear, uh, we lost Sam. I think he went to go dump the A7 Football League uh, after we gave him so much shit. I don't know how he's going to get out of it, but I'm guessing that's what he's up to right now. No, he's sick. he caught he caught something on the plane coming back from Michigan. Um, I hope it wasn't like a level four eight and it's only level one because we're going to Ohio this weekend. He needs to rest up. Uh, Howie, let's talk about uh, home pricing because everybody keeps saying, hey, these interest rates are going up. Your home value is going to go down. But what we saw, according to Kay Schiller and their recent report, is that homes actually jumped 20 percent in March. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, same thing. Uh, we got a problem. There's there's just uh, high demand, low supply. I, you know what that means to me is we may it, 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 there's a better chance we may see a bubble. That, that's Keep in mind. That 20% increase yeah. was the largest year over gain in the index's 35-year history. I mean, if yeah, I mean, you got a house right now and you can sell it. The problem is, where do you go? Yes, I, yes. you're right. I talk to people all the time. Uh, it's like you can sell your house, but then you got to find a place to move. And I mean, rents aren't cheap. 
Yeah. And let's get into a question uh, because this comes from one of my favorite people in the reader universe, Ralph Ganistan, uh, originally uh, hooked us up with some hacks. You know, I staked mine, you sold yours, Sam made some money off you. Uh, but he asked this question. He says, it's almost, I'm almost two years of owning my home and I'm counting down the days till I could put a for sale sign up. If the market stays where it is and I'm able to sell, should I pay rent for six months to a year before buying again and let the prices come down or are prices never coming down? You know, normally I'd be like, look, man, here's what I'd say. If you got a family, you need a, it's, everybody's got a place to live. So if you're bunkered down, you like the house, you like the neighborhood, you got a fam, fucking man, keep your house. You know, yeah. I, I, if I'm a young single guy and I bought a house three years ago and I'm up 40, 50% in it's like an investment fucking, and you can find another place to live where you're not going to get crushed for two years. Hey man, throw the dice, sell it. I really think drop. They will drop. I think the answer is best uh, solved if you do the work and you go look out and see what is available for rent, because I think you're going to find it's pretty competitive and you're not going to get much for what you're going to rent. It's bad. It's just, you know, I've looked around because I'm in the same boat. I'd love to bank a huge fat day on my house, but I go look around and see what I can rent and it's garbage. So I think I, I agree with Howie, you know, I say, if you're in it for the long term, just sit on it. You're going to make money in the long term. We know that ha that housing and, and real estate is one of the safest long-term investments there is. Nothing's going to beat real estate in the long run. Well, yeah, but I don't even know if I can call Like a lot of people don't. It's not an investment, man, because you put money in your house. You put, and look, man, the amount, if you look at, there's years where a house appreciates 3% and you end up putting 12% into it. Yep. So, you know, you buy a house for one reason. You got, you live there. You want to own something. You, you want to live there. You're going to hunker down for 15, 20 years. That's really the main reason you buy a house. You don't, you don't buy a house and live there for an invest. There's other things you can invest in and get a higher return. Yeah. I, it's weird because I sometimes feel like I'm wasting my space because I have a three bedroom house and I live alone. Uh, and I'm like, wow, am I wasting this? You know? And then again, I'm like, nah, I'm not. It's my home. You know, yeah, I, I exactly. You live there. Yeah. You live there. At the end of the day, it's my home. Right. So it matters to me. Um, let's move on. Uh, this is from Felipe Rodriguez in uh, the Twitter. He, he asked this. He says, I'm looking at Tesla long calls for July 15 at a strike of 1075. Good play right before second quarter numbers come out or too volatile. I sh uh, should I get out with 25% gain or wait and see? Personally, I think that's a pretty aggressive play. Uh, what are your thoughts, yeah. Allie? Very risky. I mean, if you're up 25%, I, I, I take the profit and, and just sit in cash for a second. Yeah, I mean, I'd already be out with that far out of a strike. I mean, what's Tesla trading at? Like 750 right now? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's actually 758. Up. Yeah, take your money. You already won. You 758. Know? Hold on one second, man. One second. Okay. All right. So this is beautiful. I run to the door. This is perfect New York City for you. Shout out to Keith Williams because Howie's marijuana seeds just got here. That's right. <laughs> perfect time for me to ask the next question. <laughs> I'm glad I answered that. 
No, you do. Your timing is impeccable because man, bear pig asks, what about cannabis and shroom stocks at these lows? They've Dude. been getting crushed. I got, I, I, say, I got crushed on it. it oh, just and I'll hammered. say it again, man. If you're going to buy one right now and I own it, uh, you want to, I, I still, I think if you want to buy it, buy it here. And this is uh, TLRY, Tilray Brands. It, it's at 447 down from 22. Um, it's been, they've all, the sector's been getting crushed. Been getting their ass kicked. So if you want to buy one, yeah, belt, buy Tilray Brands. I own it. I mean, you know, I own a little bit, uh, but I think it's probably solid. Yeah. And on the shroom side, I own MindMed, uh, MindMed. And, you know, that thing is uh, taking a beating, you know, um, it's at 90 cents. I take a hard look at it and buy it and think about buying it at these levels. Um, I think that they're going to have legs once they catch, you know, w- once the industry catches up with the idea of psilocybin use for therapy. Well, can you explain so, to me what happened to the cannabis market though? Like why it, cause I, I was in a mutual fund, you know, that like tracked the market and it just, Oh, it just got destroyed. It's, it's a lot of it has to do with the legislation. It's legislation that's still going through. That's really what it is. They're waiting. A lot of these States are waiting on uh, specific legislation to go through um, where you can start growing all this stuff. Mm. I mean, New York state is still, still, there's still hoops that we're jumping over here. Okay. Okay. Holy okay. shit. Look at this stuff comes in little plastic containers. Let's like- say, let's see if we can answer this question on, um, Sam's behalf. Cause he's not here, but I think Johnny has the answer. Diamond grip bandit from the discord says, is it true? Sam stores all of his crypto on exchanges and has zero private keys backed up to his name. I would say almost certainly that all of it is on Celsius, which is now as wallets go, it's like, you know, as as uh, exchange wallets go, it's pretty secure. If he's done all the the two factor and and the couple of extra layers of security they have. But, yeah, nothing's better than having, you know, your paper wallet or uh, cold storage like you like. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's making a mistake. Yeah. And I'll be completely forthcoming. I don't have any cold storage wallets. Uh, the discord guys like to the moon three have been telling me I need to look into that. And I will at some point. You got um, pur- purple patty and Lametta Hulk. Uh, hold it up a little higher. Uh, Howie, we couldn't see it. Oh, I see. Oh, that's how they come. Huh? That's cool. Yeah. These little plastic things. Wow. dude, I'm um, excited. I'm excited to see if the, I can actually, because like everything I touch is pretty much dies. Um, <laughs> So if I can get anything green to come out of the ground, it'll be a fucking miracle. Uh, I'm going to go to the um, uh, Instagram questions. Camilla O. Ross says, my question is, can you guys quit comparing Neff to Kathy Wood? She is so foul. Neff, on the other hand, has a beautiful smile and personality. Did you create that account yesterday? No, I didn't. But I'll tell you what, man, I've been getting a lot of women making interesting comments. There was. Yeah, because we have so many women that listen to the podcast, of course. Well, there was one on YouTube that said I was hot and she would ask me how, but she's married. And then somebody from Cash Daddies came in there and shit on me. And I'm guessing that was you, Johnny. What was her name? Chrissy Neffery or something like that? What was come on, man. I don't have time to make fake accounts. Her name was Bill Neff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay as long as we're on the subject v femi asks 
uh, question. Is the show still dedicated to touch button meme? Of the Wait, week hold on. Or- hold on. You don't get to say as long as we're on the subject when you were the one yeah. that brought up the subject. Yeah, yeah, we're not really on the subject. That's no, not I know. I'm, just clar- I'm just clarifying uh, show programming notes because people okay. are asking. And V Femi says, is the show still dedicated to touch button meme of the week or do you talk finance again? Well, obviously, we talk finance again. We're never going to not talk about touch button meme of the week uh, uh, on touch button. But this show has been reprogrammed. So it's more information. So if you want to touch butt, you get on the $5 touch butt Patreon. And yes, we will talk about butts. Uh, we will talk about memes of the week. Uh, we are going to put all of that stuff there. So we still want your memes of the week. Um, uh, here's one for you guys. Uh, where This comes from... Uh, e of the Joneses, you of the Joneses, where is the gang's consensus on snap? It used to, uh, it, it, it is used up and ammonia smelling like horse tooth cat litter boxes, or maybe on its way to new horizons, like how we well, do his interest in financial conspiracy. I'll tell you, I, I cleared a sweet 20% on snap when uh, I bought it, when we were talking about it the other day and I already sold it. So so uh, you bought you bought the dip after it shit the bed. I did, and it went up a couple of bucks. Yeah, and it okay. was nice. Yeah, a nice little yeah. profit there. Fourteen dollars. It was at like twelve though. I think during the show the other day, or even I perhaps think you're right. Yeah, it hit twelve seventy nine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations. I love making plays like that. Um, yeah. Say nothing. One hundred three from Instagram asks any word on baby formula stocks going up. I mean, if you're gonna play that. I do like I like Abbott Labs, man. Abbott Laboratories. Shit. Since we we talked about that on the last show, yep. And it was trading at about one oh six. It's up to one seventeen right now. Yep. So that thing, that thing. Since the last show, we talked about it on the last show. That thing's gone from like one oh six to one seventeen forty six. Abbott Labs, and yeah, it's a damn good company. It's been around forever. Um, okay. Uh, a couple more and then we'll wrap it up. Just give me a second. I got to go into the discord, uh, very loyal group that we have out there. Um, we talked about the privatization of PBR. Um, they're very concerned about that, but I'm going to go with long Johnson's question here. He says, I've been seeing an uptick in ETFs that focus on counteracting high inflation. What are your guys' opinions on these in comparison with other non-specialized ETFs in today's market. Is this a good hedge? Are these shams part of a well-rounded retirement portfolio? Doesn't matter because everything going to keep going down anyway. I mean, I, don't, I mean, inflation's one thing. I mean, inflation can continue to go up and we can still have a bounce in the markets. Um, that They don't necessarily coincide. Uh, but be careful with those those ETFs because you have those two time two X and three X bull and bearish ETFs, and you can get absolutely crushed on those because of the spreads. Mm. Yeah, keep in mind, guys. Uh, you, we've talked about this before. You know how he's great in the Patreon because he's not going to put you into options that don't have tight spreads. But I see people jumping into options without any any uh, uh, knowledge. And they'll they'll put up a, an option, say, is this a great play? And then I'll look at those spreads and they're so wide. But it's something that you don't understand until you've traded them. So again, go paper trade some options before you, you know, you, you start buying these. You really have to, and I've preached this before, but you have to see how they move. Okay. 
Um, Eddie Spanks, this is going to be the final question. Second to last final question. He says, how do we find the bottom in the market? <laughs> you, that is an easy question. You don't. You don't, man. You never find the bottom. Uh, you could maybe get lucky. I personally think that, uh, you know, Friday, I wanted people to take profits because we may get a few more up days. I think it's a head fake. I think what I've seen in the past is this, is you'll have some up days. You'll have lower lows, lower highs, but then you'll get a day where when I say capitulation, I'm talking, you'll hit a bottom. And then from that bottom, you'll drop another 10% in a day. You'll see, we'll see that Dow down 1,600 points, the NASDAQ down 1,000. And, and when, when there's that much pain, that's when you want to go in and buy. Yeah, and that's I'm, usually it. And I'm guessing that's why you didn't put out a pick today. Uh, no, no, I did not have a good feeling. Uh, either way, we had light volume. Uh, I, I think I want to see what tomorrow and possibly Thursday brings. Um, I'm looking at a couple things. Uh, and if you're a Patreon member, you're going to get it probably tomorrow. Okay. Last question from Q842223. Whatever was the deal with random dudes in Neff's bathroom? Any chance in hell Arc F will ever bounce back in a few years? I mean, Arc, how can it not? She's so low. You just throw a dart and it's going to, I don't care what you hit on the board, it's going to come up a little bit. I mean, uh, but if you've been in ARC the last three years, you 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 got to be beyond pissed off. I mean, everybody has beaten you. The S&P's beaten you. The QQQ's beat. Everything has kicked your ass. So, you know, she bought some General Motors. That's probably going to come back. What that has to do with technology or specs or whatever dog shit she was buying for three years, I don't know. Um, I just don't have any faith in her as any kind of a manager. There are some great managers out there. Um, so I think it'll come back, but again, there'll be a lot of other things that'll kick the shit out of it. And I'll answer that second question. Those mysterious men you saw in my bathroom were actually workers. Um, I had some plumbing issues and they were handling everything. Some plumbing they issues, working, huh? You're working your plumbing. <laughs> Cleaning your pipes, buddy. Guys, let's go to the picks of the week. Johnny, uh, what do you like? No, man, I, I don't know what to do. I, I buy some apple. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, that's all right. You don't have to. Um, uh, Howie, what do you like? Oh, God. I'll tell you what. Um, I'll, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I've owned this DSX since it was $1.75 on the show. Mm-hmm. And I keep writing calls against it. It's up to $6.40 right now. Um, and I got a bunch of readers that still own it. And I'm telling them, don't sell it. Just make sure you put a stop loss at 575, 580. Uh, but I'm looking at DSX. I think it could jump up to seven here real quickly. It looks like it's breaking out. So uh, if you haven't bought it yet, you want it, you want a quick play by DSX. Yeah. And just to let you guys know, you know, how he's talking about writing calls against uh, something he already holds, which is a way to collect uh, premiums on a stock. And we've been asking people about how do I write calls? That's definitely a Patreon question. Uh, so if you want to get in there and if, you, if you're curious as to how that works, you know, we will answer those questions there. Um, I am buying Disney 
And I am buying Disney because I need to average down on it. I like them long. I originally got in at 157, trading for 110 now. Um, this is a stock that I'm putting in as an anchor in addition to my NVIDIA and my Apple. And I got in a little too early. And like I said, I believe in them long. I also think uh, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about this new Obi-Wan shit. So I think I'm going to actually subscribe myself just to check it out. If you're going to buy Disney, now is the time to buy it. Okay. Well, uh, great show, guys. Um, have fun in Cleveland. And uh, if you are a reader out there, we want to thank you. Uh, please, please, if you can, subscribe on YouTube. And, of course, leave us a review on Apple. And we haven't done this in a while. Uh, should we just go ahead and read the last review we got on Apple, Johnny? Sure, I can do we'll that. I'll just slide it in real quick. Just a moment. <laughs> okay, here we go. Five stars. I wish they were all my dad. This is from Buka Buka. This is my favorite comedy podcast and my favorite financial podcast. The chemistry of Neff, Howie, and Sam is unparalleled. And then just when you think the show couldn't get any better, Johnny is suddenly in the mix. 11 out of 10 stars. That, that doesn't work. Uh, and two thumbs deep up Neff's bitch hole bitch hole that's not a, it's not a bitch hole that's oh, just butthole. a butthole butthole okay yeah, it's a butthole johnny i don't I, well he, okay, guys. he blanked out hole that was because uh, that was confusing right but he didn't put in like four letters in between b and hole he wasn't saying bitch hole he was just saying <laughs> maybe i was just thinking about <laughs> i mean it's a little freudian slip there sorry about that buddy all right guys that's a wrap have a wonderful week look for us on twitter and instagram we'll give you our updates as we always do have a wonderful week and uh let's go see top gun i gotta see if it's as great as it is i want to see goose's kid in action johnny how many times have you seen it just the one just the one i'm gonna go right. again but not not it's too it's too crowded now yep all right howie have a wonderful week johnny have all a right, wonderful guys. week see and you we'll guys see you next week that's a wrap let's do it bye bye